And Joffrey yells out at this one, Look at that up-jumped oaf! <laughs> Song of Ice Fire series, reading a Clash of Kings. As always, I'm Zach. Sitting here next to me is Nate in a red hoodie. Hey, I am wearing a red hoodie. Oh, look at that. I'm not colorblind. Wow. If you joined us before, you know we like to read Game of Thrones and talk about it because it's a really interesting series. If you haven't joined us before, we're full spoiler. We ruin everything. We are terrible about it. I'm gonna get you every time on it, but it's a Song of Ice and Fire. We finished Game of Thrones. That was book one. We are on Clash of Kings of the A Song of Ice and Fire series. Didn't I say that? No, you said Game of Thrones. When? Uh, just a second ago. Oh, well, yeah. like, it wasn't in the intro. The intro was fine, so. No, yeah. Well, well like, just... I don't give a fuck about it. <laughs> like, as long as the intro is fine, whatever. Anyway, last episode we were reading Arya 1 of Clash of Kings. This episode we're going to Sister Stark Sansa. Sister Stark. Arya was making her way out of... Stop, don't You started it. Arya was making her way out of the city, out of King's Landing, uh, along the King's Road with Yorin, and Sansa, last we left Sansa, Sansa had... Uh, she was writing a letter with Cersei? Was that the last? Yeah, she was told to be writing a letter to Rob and Catelyn, begging them to bend the knee and fall into Joffrey's rule essentially, proclaim Joffrey king and let everything go back to normal so that she could marry Joffrey and everything would be sweet. However, two Arya chapters ago, which means it was the last chapter of Arya in Game of Thrones, we know that Sansa was up on the platform when Ned was executed. And we also know from uh, Christ on a Cross, who who was it? Um, That Sansa went and told Cersei. She was the one who told Cersei Ned planned on getting them out of the city and all oh, that right, fun right, stuff. Right. She, and, and she didn't do it maliciously. She did it for her love for Joffrey because she didn't want to be separated from him. But yeah, it was Sansa who went to the queen yeah, and, yeah. and gushed about what Ned was planning to do. So Sansa won in A Clash of Kings opens with the morning of King Joffrey's name day dawned bright and windy. And the long tail of the great comet was visible through the high clouds. So the yay. recurring theme, you know, Danny's last chapter of Game of Thrones ended with the comet. The prologue opens with the comet. Arya ended with the comet, and now her sister's opening chapter on the comet. And it's Joffrey's birthday. Hooray! He's turning thirteen. Yeah. Is that? Wow. So Sansa was standing out on her balcony. Uh, well, not out on her balcony, looking through her window, similar to Crescent yeah, in the prologue, yeah. watching the comet when Sir Ares Okar arrived to escort her down to the tournament grounds. Yeah. And she asks Sir Ares what it is, what he thinks the comet means. And he says, glory to your betrothed. And see how it flames across the sky today on his grace's name day, as if the gods themselves had raised a banner in his honor. The small folk have named it King Joffrey's Comet. And he's just so fucking proud. Like, and Sansa so snarky. Snarky Sansa Stark thinks, <laughs> no doubt, that's what they told him the small folk called it. Like, she knows how Joffrey is now. You yeah. just need to stroke his fucking ego in order for him to be happy. And she had heard it called the Dragon's Tail, which seems more common to me what it would be more common among yeah. the small folk. And Joffrey sits where... Uh, 
Ares goes on to say, Joffrey sits where Aegon the dragon once sat, in a castle built by his son. He is the dragon's heir, and crimson is House Lannister's color, another sign. The comet heralds Joffrey's ascent to the throne and his triumph over his enemies. I have no doubt. I mean, God, this guy is sipping the Kool-Aid. Holy shit. shit. And Sansa thinks, would the gods be so cruel? Her mother and brother were Joffrey's enemies now, and her father had died at his hand. The red, uh, the comet was red, yet Joffrey was a Baratheon as much yeah. as a Lannister. A black stag on a golden field is... So the gods should have sent a yellow comet, it... shouldn't they? Yeah, I, I pointed out how, how smart she was to know, because she also noticed that back... Early on in her Game of Thrones mm-hmm. uh, chapters, that how little Baratheon yeah, heritage he's, he's he tends to not just a Lannister, and she turns sharply away from the window, and she tells uh, Sir Ares tells her that she looks lovely, and she thanks him, and we get a little bit of again her cleverness now, knowing that Joffrey would require her to attend his honor at the tournament. She dressed herself as prettily she took, as she could, but I wanted to point out that she dressed in a purple silk gown. With a moonstone hairnet, a gift from Joffrey. That's the hairnet. So, when, well, no, uh, it, it's not it's the a hairnet. Similar but style, it's similar like It's that we're getting attention to her wearing these hairnets and the purple. The color of the dress. The purple and the strangler. Uh, yeah, the strangler, the, 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 the color, color that the they turn, uh, which we just got in the prologue. But the and then, dying of the dress. Is this the purple gown that Arya stained? When she threw fruit. Oh, I, I don't know about that. I was also, as far as Arya, later on Arya, when she's diddy-bopping around the Riverlands with the Brotherhood Without Banners, she will come across a woman, uh, the Ghost of High Heart, yeah. who will kind of give her some prophetic stuff, talking about a woman with purples, uh, snakes. Ser- snakes in her hair, yeah, leaking her hair. venom. And so the color purple is associated with the Strangler. A lot of people think that prophecy is talking about Joffrey uh, yeah. dying. And so I think that's another thing here of this purple and the hairnet. We're just getting attention yeah, drawn to, to the, it both of them. already. And so, yeah, Sir Eris, uh, or She wore the, the uh, dress with the long mm-hmm. sleeves to cover the bruises left when Sir Boros beat her over Rob being proclaimed king in the north. Yeah, his rage was fearsome to behold. Yeah, because Joffrey commanded him to beat her. Yeah. He kicked the Sir Ares offers his arm and led her from the chamber, and she thinks that of all the king's guards, she preferred him the most because he had even protested when he was commanded to hit her. Yeah, Boros was short-tempered, Sir Marin cold, and Sir Mandon's strange dead eye made her uneasy, while Sir Preston treated her like a lackwit child. Yeah. So uh, Sir Ares would protest. He did hit her, but not as hard as Sir Bur- Boros would have or Marin would have. And not without that argument. And at first, least he like... protested. The others obeyed without question, except for the Hound. But Joffrey never asked the Hound yeah. to beat her. And so I just want to point out that Sir Mandon's dead eye gives her a weird thing. In the very next chapter, Tyrion, uh, Tyrion has an interaction with Sir Mandon Moore, and he points out that Jaime has said to him that Sir Mandon Moore is the most dangerous man of the Kingsguard, besides himself, of course, because you never know what he's going to do because of that dead eye expression. 
So the fact that Sansa is picking up on the fact that he he frightens her because of that expression. That's she's exactly a, she's what, subtly aware of the fact that he's a very dangerous man. That's exactly what Jamie Lannister is saying yeah. makes him such a dangerous man. So I just that immediately just jumped out at me because cool. I'm currently taking those notes for Tyrion and uh, that's sticking in my head. So the mention of Sir Mandon. Huh. And so then she starts going on to compliment Sir Aerys Elkhart that he's not unpleasant to look at especially today, donned in all his armor for the, the tournament. Um, and she asks who he thinks will win. Who do you think will win, Sir Eric? And he says, uh, He will. Uh, I will. Yeah. I shall, though it is a poor field, this lot. Squires and free riders, no honor winning amongst this lot. So it's, uh, that, and that's actually significant. This is a shit show yeah. of a tournament. Terrible and Sansa tournament. remembers King Robert's tournament, the beautiful feast for Ned and So that's everything. what I was I wanted to just point that out for Ned. Like yeah, Robert did it, but it was in Ned's name and that's how the small folks it saw it. It was the hands tournament, like, yeah. And like that's it goes on to say everything that, is different now. That there were high lords and fabled champions from across the realm. Yeah. Like Ned drew in like they're like, oh Ned Stark is being named hand of Robert Baratheon, King. Joffrey's turning 13. Oh. Yeah, okay. Well, there's some pig farmers that need to wrestle. So, Sansa like... asks if the queen will be in attendance and she, as she feels safer with Cersei because she was there to restrain her son. Yeah, and he tells her, no, she is holding a council meeting. Um, and he tells ur- her. Urgent business. Yeah. Tywin has gone to ground at Harrenhal instead of returning to King's Landing with his army as Cersei had commanded. Her grace is furious. Because we know from Tyrion's last chapter um, in Game of Thrones, I believe, that Cersei had written a letter demanding that Tywin <laughs> yeah. comes and protects them from Renly being named king. Tywin and Tywin was shit. not okay with Fuck that. Fuck out of here. At all. Shit. So, yeah, he sent Tyrion in his stead. But we also learn here from Sansa that Sir Aerys Okar yes. just loves to gossip. Well, because he falls silent as a group of Lannister guards go by. and Fearing he was heard, overheard. He he loves to gossip, but only when he was certain nobody was listening. Mm. And that just that's goes well, to like, play into his character. And that's also playing into Sansa's, where she's just this dumb girl. Yeah. Like, he can tell her because no one's listening of import. Like, right. And it's sort of that's sort of Sansa's ability here of just playing this dumb girl, but she's, she's learning we're seeing so how clever much. she is. She's smart. She knows who these people are. She's just listening and doing what's expected of her now. And yeah. so, uh, and that's interesting. Yeah, as you said, for Ares later on with uh, Arianne right. and and Dorne and all the fun shenanigans. Yeah. So they they come outside to a gallery and lists that had been erected in the outer bailey. But it was ghetto as fuck. Yeah, barely like, any spectators, fewer lords. There was Lord Giles Rosby, Lady Tonda and her daughters, Dole Lollis and acid-tongued Felice. Zalabarjo. Zalabarjo and Lady Ermesande. Ermesande. And the king sat under a crimson canopy. Now, with... real quick, I just want to point out that Lady Ermesande yeah. is just an, it's a baby. Yeah, Irma Sunday is just this baby sitting on this wet nurse's lap, just fucking what up? Like, eh, just like teeny little thing. Lady Irma Sunday, Queen, was under his shaded crimson canopy with his brother and sister. One Marcella leg thrown negligently over the wooden arm of the chair, using as his throne. Dude, like 
Tywin would be pissed. In the back of the royal box, Sandor Clegane stood at guard. Lady Sansa, he announced curtly as she arrived. Lady Sansa. And she is then greeted shyly by Marcella. And the opposite by Tommen, who immediately tells her that he's going to be riding today. He gets to fight. He got permission. He reminds her of Bran. Yeah, and she tells him she fears for the life of his foeman. And Joffrey, the fucking cunt older brother, has to stand up and say, Well, his foe will be full of straw. He's a little... He can't fight a real person. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, God... Tommen is a and badass. And he's in gilded breast. Joffrey is in gilded breastplate. Yeah. Like, he has no plans to ride today, but he's fucking all armored up. He has been all armored up since his since Renly was, like, named king or something, it said. Yeah. That he's been, as if he's been expecting the war to engulf them at any moment. Yeah, he was 13 today, so Sansa greets him, your grace, and Ares says he's going to take his leave so he can prepare for his turn in the tournament. And Joffrey looks her up and down and pleads. Uh, he's pleased that she she wear, wore the hairnet. And she thinks, so the go- king decided to play gallant today. And she's actually relieved at that. So that, again, just shows, like, oh, okay, he's pretending yeah, to be, right. oh, I'm pleased you wore the gift I gave you, my lady. Like, all right, yeah, he's pretending this shit. And so all of a sudden he comes out with it. And I was like, oh, shit, when I saw it. D- did you hear the beggar king is dead? Yeah. Whoa. So for a moment, Sansa thinks Rob, and she's yeah. afraid, but he explains Viserys. Mother says the Dothraki crowned him with molten gold. It's almost as good as if some wolf killed your traitor brother. And uh, he then reveals the best part of anything Joffrey has ever said in his fucking life. He intends to challenge Robb Stark to singles combat. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Robb Stark is no Arthur Dane. Or fucking anything crazy like that. Not even a Jaime Lannister. Like, Jaime would take Robb Stark in my mind. No problems. But Joffrey... Like Joffrey you got haven't bested even seen... by an untrained Arya. Yeah, like, and Rob's actually been out there on the battle. Like he's been fighting. Yeah, he he's killed people. Yeah. Like he's not. He's not necessarily. I mean, he's still a green boy. He's he still... handled his shit but... with the wildlings. We saw right. him up close there. Now he is literally leading a host in combat. Joffrey has never seen fucking battle, battle at all. At all. Absolutely. Yeah. And so Joffrey would shit his pants with Rob coming at him. And, and Sansa, yeah. like you said, snarky fucking, she would very much like to see that. And Things he, more than you know, but she quickly changes subjects. Yeah, before he can decide if she's mocking him, she asks if he will enter the tourney today. And he tells her no, because his mother says it is in his name, and so I shouldn't fight in it. Mm. Um, Sir Marin is heralded out and arrives as uh, Joffrey begins holding Sansa's hand. He grabs her hand yeah. and fills now, her with revulsion. He did that back in, in like the episode when they were at the, the, the inn other, or some yeah, shit. Yeah. And yeah, it was the and she even says there was a time where him doing this would have been the highlight in the most magical her moment. Heart of the sword, day. yeah. But there was nothing but disgust and revolt. Just uh and uh, Sir Hobber of House Redwine is announced, and it's, Sansa thinks that the Redwine twins were also unwilling guests yeah. of the queen. Sir as was Sansa. Uh, Hobber and Horace, yeah. the twins, and she she wonders whose notion it was to make them fight. 
Because it certainly wasn't their own. So, yeah, Marin and Hover joust. Uh, they go a couple rounds, and Marin ends up taking it in the end. And after uh, Sir Hover is knocked down, Joffrey stands up and declares, Poorly ridden! And Sir, and, yeah. Sir Balin and Swan and Moros of House Slint, heir to Lord Janos of Harrenhal, are announced yeah. next. And Joffrey yells out at this one, Look at that up-jumped elf! <laughs> yeah, loud enough for... It to be heard. Yeah, and him being a lowborn, had he he has no idea what he's doing out there. Yeah, and he doesn't know how to handle the fucking lance, and it's it's looking to be a mess. Sansa thinks, "I hope he falls. I hope Sir Balin kills him." Yeah, we learn that it was her. She more than ever before despises this family because Jano Slint was the one that picked up her father's head by the hair after it had been fucking chopped and off and held it up. Yeah, like. Presented Damn. it while Sansa wept and screamed. Yeah. So and Swan easily dropped Moros, whose leg ends up catching in his stirrup, and the horse drags him to the end of the list, bloody but alive. And uh, Joffrey tells Tommen they chose the wrong opponent for him, as a straw knight joust better than Moros Slint. Yeah, it's just shit compared yeah, to yeah. Ned Stark's glorious tournament. And more jousts follow, and jo- Joffrey is not amused by any of them. Slowly, his lip begins to curl. Hey guys, and welcome to the small council. We're just going to meet for a few minutes here and discuss our socials, where you can write into us and how you can get a hold of us if you want to send us your inductees or ask questions, anything like that. Yeah, so we'll get back to Sansa's analyzing of King's Landing nonsense in a minute, but... For right now, you can reach us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Carstark92. Nate is on Twitter at Manners Without. Yeah, same as the Instagram at Manners Without. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. We have our email, Without Manners Brotherhood at gmail.com. And for those people that are so pleasantly inspired to come and join us and throw a little money our way we have our patreon and yeah patreon we just uploaded barry one so you can now enjoy that for your listening pleasure as well as the episodes we had on there before it's all sample chapter rereads right now and we plan on keeping pumping out that content and adding more as things continue forward and so so that's patreon.com slash without manners there's multiple tiers it's awesome if you do that we love you so much if so head it over there check it out we'll let you back the episode that the next fight was horace redwine the other twin and he beat an elderly knight bedecked with silver griffins around a striped blue and white field uh so that's a red wine versus a griffin. Yeah. Do you think that has anything to do with uh, a future encounter, a battle between the red wines and John Connington? Do you think that the Tyrells or the red wines might uh, best him in combat, best him at a battle here at the end of the series? Because eh. no. they don't really give the name of this older knight. It's just kind of the the symbol here. Yeah, no. So I'm I, keeping I... an eye on that because I think you're wrong. Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. But Joffrey complains that, like you said, that this is this is a feeble show, and the Hound's like, "Told you." Mm. So that's what that's what I said was going to happen. As the king grew more bored, Sansa was growing more anxious because this is when he tended to lash out at different people. And the trouble begins with the next joust of Lothor Brune versus Sir Dantos of House Hollard. 
Lothar appears at his end of the list, yet Ser Dantos does not. And eventually a horse comes stumbling, uh, running out and naked but for breastplate and helm, chasing his horse. Too drunk to mount it was Ser Dantos. And the crowd is roaring with laughter, all except for Joffrey. And Joffrey had a familiar look in his eyes, the same look as when he pronounced dead on her father. Yeah. So Sansa immediately knows he's switching into right. fuckery mode. And so Dantos tries to get up on his horse, and he's naked, and he fails, so he just plops down in the dirt and says, I lose. Fetch me some wine. So Joffrey stands, demanding a cask. I'll see him drown in it. And Sansa immediately just instinctively gasps. No, you can't. Yeah. Which is the only thing you can't say to Joffrey. Well, not the only thing. There's a lot of things you can't and say. And she but. bullshits her way out of it by saying, you know, it's ill luck to kill a man on your name day. Now, she, uh, he doesn't buy it until finally, out of the blue, the hound is like, no, it's true. Yeah. Shouldn't do it. Reap what you sow on name day. Yeah, and he says it in such an uncaring tone, like, that he's just stating a fact. That he just that... doesn't give a fuck what Joffrey thinks about what he's saying. And so, yeah, jo- Joffrey says, all right, yeah, then, yeah, have him taken away. I'll kill him on the, the morrow, the fool. And Sansa kind of jumps on that and says, the fool, you, you're right. You're so clever to see it. He is a fool, so dress him in motley and make him your make him dance for you. He doesn't deserve the mercy of a quick death. And Joffrey studies her for a second and says, Perhaps you're not as stupid as Mother says. Do you hear, my lady, Sir Dantos? From this day forward, you will be my fool. And Dantos immediately grovels, thanking them both. Yeah. So, Joffrey uh, cancels the rest of the tournament. Well, you uh, had mentioned... Jesus, my nose is running. Gross. Oh, yeah, it's gross. You're gross. Um, you had mentioned the other day that... The Motley got mentioned again. Yeah, yeah. And the clever man, clever, right. bro, clever, clever fool. And then shortly from the prologue, you know, in Creston's thing, there was all sorts of weird Motley and uh, fool stuff. And so now we get Dantos being named. And it's so soon after that. Like, I'm just wondering if, you know, we were sitting there looking at the prologue as if it meant exactly that moment. But what if it's just a prophecy and the clever, clever fool is actually turns out to be Dantos because of how much he helps and how uh, Florian-esque he Yeah, he exactly, because this, this here is what gets him the access he needs to implement the plan to poison Joffrey. Right. And so it, it is that, is this something that's already being orchestrated, or does Littlefinger see this stupid happen? Ha- I think that's that. happen, yeah, I don't think this and is then jump in. No, I agree. Yeah, I like, don't think so either. I think Littlefinger sees this and takes advantage of it, but it's just that interesting. Is this the clever, clever fool? Is that this type of scenario? Because Dantos is a drunken fool, but he does begin to help Sansa. But when he's not drunk, he is kind of. He does have a semblance of sanity. He takes on that persona of Sir Florian for Sansa anyway. And so, yeah, Joffrey is done as Dantos is led away by Lannister But Tommen is not having it. And he uh, he declares the tournament done and that he would have them all killed if it wasn't his name day. He's so bored with it. But Tommen, yeah, wants his turn to tilt. And Joffrey just keeps mocking. Like, he's such a fuck. Yeah. And... He mocks him as childish, and Marcella's like, we are children. Yeah. Like, what do you expect us to do, bro? And, like, immediately shuts him right the fuck up. 
and it's great. So he relents. And the hound laughed at that too. Yeah, like, like he fucking. And uh, so Tommy gets suited up and taken off. To, I like that Sansa called Luck. Mm-hmm. Like do him as he scampers off. And, yeah, she doesn't detest every Lannister. No. It's just you know Joffrey. And, so yeah, they get the Straw Knight and get him all ready, and he uh, he gets up on his mount and charges forward, yelling Castle. I just pictured Tyrion when yeah. he was yelling it. He yells out, and he gets a decent blow on the thing that swings around and clonks him on the back of the cracks him. Joffrey knocks him straight off his horse. Joffrey laughed loudest and longest like a douchebag. But Marcella gets up and runs to the little guy, and Sansa tells Joffrey he should go too and tell Tommen that he rode well. And Joffrey's like, he didn't ride well. He fell off his horse. And the hound cuts him off, and I love that. Yeah. Because he's like, the boy has courage. He's going to try again. And uh, Tommen, yeah, just starts mounting up again, and Sansa thinks that she wishes he was the elder because she wouldn't mind marrying Tommen. And that thought is interrupted by the gates opening, surprising them all <laughs> as a column of men ride through with the banners declaring them Lannisters. However, the riffraff among them, the savages, look more like something from old Nan's tales that Bran used to love. And in their midst, riding tall was the queen's queer brother, Tyrion Lannister, the one they called the Imp, looking as grotesque as Sansa remembered him from Winterfell. And Tommen rides yeah. over, shrieking immediately, and just shouts in delight. Marcella runs over, and Tyrion so lifts her and spins I her. I saw that there is. it said that there is one of the wildlings scoops Tommen up out of the saddle and swirls him around and sets him in front of yeah. Tyrion. And I just thought that would, like... Joffrey's all probably too scared to go and be anywhere near these fucking wildlings. And Tommen Tom just rides up, gets scooped up by one. He's giggling, it says, breathlessly when he, you know, mm-hmm. is in front of Tom. Yeah, no, Tyrion. I noticed that, too, and... that I'm guessing it's Chella just picks him up right. and sets him right down. Yeah, and Tyrion, after greeting those, uh, Marcella and Tommen approaches Joffrey and the two men behind, he's got two men behind him, a black-haired, black-eyed sellsword who moved like a cat. Which Sansa again immediately picks up on similar descriptions and a uh, gaunt-faced youth with an empty socket for one eye. Is this? Do we know who this is? Yeah, it's one of the. I'm pretty sure that's just one of the 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 clan. Oh, okay. So yeah, Tyrion takes a knee, Your Grace, and the Hound says, "They said you were dead." And Tyrion immediately quips back, "I was speaking to the king, not his cur." (laughs) <laughs> and he turns to Sansa next and apologizes to her for her losses. And Sansa isn't sure if he's mocking her or not. And he turns to Joffrey and says, I'm sorry for your loss as well. And Joffrey's like, my loss? Yeah, dude. Like, and he's already Tyrion's forgotten like, that. yeah, your father, you might recall him if you take him in it. The king, you know. And Sansa immediately kind of remembers her Septa's lessons, thinking that a lady's armor is courtesy. And she apologizes to Tyrion for her mother taking him captive. And he accepts her apology and tells her before he is done, many more will be even sorrier. A great many people are sorry for that, my lady. And before I'm done, some may be sorrier yet. But I thank you nonetheless. Yeah. And he asks Joffrey, where is your lady mother? And he says, with counsel, your brother keeps losing battles, and now the Stark boy calls himself king, and he glares at Sansa like it's her fault. And the dwarf smiles crookedly. 
All sorts of people are calling themselves <laughs> kings these days. And then Joffrey asks if Tyrion, Did you bring me a gift for my name day? Yes, my wits. <laughs> Fuck you, Joffrey. Fuck you. Yeah, I'd sooner have Rob Stark's head. And yeah, he turns and Just gathers Marcella yeah. and Tommen, and they turn and leave in the Hound. And Sansa is left with the dwarf and his monsters. Which I just think is so fucking yeah. interesting that she's By classifying herself. Tyrion in these wildlings as the monsters, but the monsters just yeah. fucking laughed. They're like, the ones that walked away. And she uh, she asks about Tyrion's arm, and he tells her how he got hurt at the battle. Yep. And asks, are you sad because of your father's death? Yeah. And she gives the, I'm, I'm loyal. My one. father was a traitor. My mother and brother are traitors as well. No I doubt. I am loyal to my beloved yeah. Joffrey. And he's as loyal as a deer surrounded by wolves. Lions. She yeah. whispers without thinking. She accidentally corrects him, I said. Yeah. And uh, he, pro- he, like, and this is... Especially knowing what they're going to go through together, like, right from the get-go, mm-hmm. right from the start, he promises to never savage her in any way. I am only a little, he takes her hand, I am only a little lion, and I vow, I shall not savage you. And with that, he takes his leave from her, and she thinks to herself as he's waddling away in that odd gate of his that he speaks more gently than Joffrey, but the queen had spoken gently as well. And he is still a Lannister, Queen's brother, Joffrey's uncle, and no friend to her. Yeah. And she thinks just kind of sadly that once she had loved Prince Joffrey and admired and trusted his mother, and they repaid that love and trust with her father's head, and Sansa would never make that mistake again. Yeah. That's like such a good now, dark. And it's also going to lead to those tensions in the future with these two. Even though he doesn't mean her anymore. Even harm, though Tyrion is the she one she still can, yeah. won't give him and that. And that's trust. it with the monsters, the dwarf and his monsters. Like she's viewing him now in the scope of all the Lannisters, where like she's even giving Tommen and Marcella more benefit of the doubt than Tyrion and right, thinking right. that they're children and have been corrupted. I'd say fucking even almost Cersei more leeway at this point because yeah. she still wants Cersei there just to restrain mm-hmm. Joffrey. Well, because uh, Tyrion was a monster before. Well, that's it. Just based when she met. was so vanity based, mm-hmm. it was it was still he was a monster because of the way he looked. Now he's monstrous because yeah, of the yeah. way he looks, the people he's with, and, and his, his association name, with the yeah. Lannisters. So do you uh, do you have an inductee for this chapter? God, this one's pretty fucking hard to yeah. give an inductee for, but I gotta give it to the Hound Ooh. for uh, one back in Sansa in such a chill, under the cuff way with the the kill a man on your name day that's what you sow all what you reap on your name day you sow all year and then yeah I also really liked the line where the boy has courage he's gonna try again when Tommen starts to mount up like the hound is a good guy like he isn't terrible and even when he even though I love Tyrion to pieces like even when he greets Tyrion with the we heard you were dead like I don't see that as him being like I wish you were dead no yeah I heard you were dead we heard you died in that battle like how'd you manage that one dwarf but Tyrion's Tyrion so yeah the hound for me sweet you uh I'm giving mine to Tommen Tommen because he rode that horse like a fucking boss and he landed a hit on his first try even if it knocked him off afterwards. And he got the fuck back up to go again. He didn't put up with his brother's shit. He kept arguing, no, no, I was told I can ride. I, no, I don't care that you're the fucking king. 
I was told that I can ride. I'm going to ride. And he fucking did. And so I'm going to have some cookies and pet some kittens with Tom and... Lord, Tom and I dig it. Fuck yeah. So we also did get an inductee from our favorite French listener. Again, it's only because he's the only one that's written into us so far, <laughs> you know. But uh, Julian writes in with a Sansa inductee. He just wants to insist on that ridiculous line. Did I tell you I intend to challenge him to single comment? 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 What is that Combat. Sorry, Julian. I fucked up your email. Uh, shut the fuck up, Joff. Yeah. Um, his inductee for this, Sansa, for the irony she keeps distilling to Joffrey despite the risk of it. She begins to strengthen her shell against her future enemies and starting just yet to become one of his favorite characters in the show, Badass Sansa. Yeah, Sansa. Her growth is pretty sweet, especially in A Clash of Kings, watching her just know these people now and learning how they work. Right. Well, especially with, uh, I think it's the perfect time for her to start learning with Tyrion, uh, his arrival, and seeing how that's done and how it can be played. Seeing one of the best players. So, thank you for writing in, Julian. We always appreciate it. Um, Uh, Join us next time. We're going to be reading uh, Tyrion 1, his first chapter. Yeah, which picks up basically immediately after this. Yeah, Tyrion's going to be meeting with the Queen. And, uh, yeah, we will send us your inductees for that. And then we're going to keep plowing our way through Clash of Kings. Yeah, so we'll see you on the next one. Battle of the Harris. Peace. Peace.